The beauty to you going to the customer's house with a Sprinter van is you're now in their garage. You get to see everything else that they're into. You want to talk about how quickly you can make a connection with somebody when you see the fact that they drive a pickup truck and not a, a, a BMW or the fact that they're really into downhill mountain biking like you are, Tony, or the connections that come so organically and so instantly because now I'm in your house. The, the connection made with a service technician himself, which doesn't happen very often, it usually happens with the service riders, is organic and real and lasting. That is such a great reason to do the service sprinter van pickup and drop off work. We're going to do our best to get new thinking out there. There's going to be discussions centered around growth and new thinking. That's where those great ideas come from, exploring them together. Nuggets that you can go back and put into your dealership that'll help you make more money. This is Garage Cast. Welcome to episode 18 of GarageCast. This is Tony Gonzalez from Steamboat Springs, Colorado. On the line with me, I have Sam Dancer. Sam, how are you? I am fantastic, buddy. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. We left them with uh, part one, which was your pre-opening of the three-part series. We're doing three parts of this series. Uh, We left them on upgrades. Mm. Um, Upgrades. So that was pre-opening. When you get the word that you're thinking you're going to open here in the next couple days, the next week, next month, what can you be doing before you open those doors? Part two, what we're going to cover today is, okay, we are now open and we're either taking appointments or the doors are wide open. Uh, Customers can come through the door. So the first thing that we want to jump into on part two is marketing efforts. Sam, take us into marketing. All right. Before I do, I'm going to harken back to our last podcast when I ask you the question, are you playing not to lose or are you playing to win? Because at this point, the assumption is, Mm -hmm. okay, doors are open for right now. That's our new normal. This is this is game on. Here we go. Right. Um, I used to think back to a word that cyclist Lance Armstrong used to use. No matter what you think of Lance Armstrong, he had a word that when they were in the group, the Peloton, as it's called, and it was time for his team to put the hammer down, he'd yell out Volabach, which meant full gas, full gas. So that if you're playing to win this game, that's what this podcast is about. It is full gas. Here we go. And it starts with getting the message out. It starts with marketing. And I'm about to say something that's perfectly obvious, yet, Tony, even our clients, who I believe do it better than the majority of the dealers out there, still are struggling with staying in front of the clients, right? Mm-hmm. So through marketing, there's so many ways, particularly with digital and, and video, and you can do it for free on social media, staying in front of your clients, letting them know that not only are you here, but mm-hmm. hey, man, Volabach, it's go time, right? And that goes to our grand reopening. Talk to us a little about that, Tony. Yeah, I would fully agree with you is is I think our message has been solid for the past month, which is over-communicate to your customers. Get out in front of this. And I would say about 35% of the population that's been listening with us or is a client of ours has not done so. They have sat there and, and, and perhaps it's because they're watching the door and the door is open and they don't need to over-communicate that message. But one thing we want to do is when those doors open up is we need to over-communicate your grand reopening. And this is whether it is your your post-corona, post-COVID-19, whatever it might be, you need to really start to get that message spread over all your social media, over YouTube. It is worthy of the owner going on camera and putting a message out there. Now, 
that's what it's going to be, which is a grand reopening or a post-coronavirus opening. But here's what it's not going to be, people. It's not going to be a band. It's not going to be a stunt show. We're not going to have a big barbecue. We're not going to get people congregating into the masses yet. I, I don't think you're going to see that until 2021, where we're going to have these massive parties and and concerts and the whole nine yards. So over communicate your grand reopening, but make sure you do it with sales in mind, not a big, huge function and party. So no, no 15 chair blood drive going on at the dealership, huh, Tony? No 15-chair blood drive, no kids' drives, no taco trucks, none of that stuff. <laughs> no maiden concert. No maiden um, concert. I, I, You know, we talk all the time in our 20 clubs about celebrate the wins. Now's the time. Now's the time. When you're having a grand reopening, it's an opportunity to celebrate those small wins. And they may not be small. I mean, you could be celebrating the fact that you have the inventory that everybody else has run out of or the premier inventory because you held on to it on point and you didn't discount it out. That would be a win. You could be celebrating the cleanup that hopefully you went through from the last podcast when we talk about actually going and doing a deep clean on your store, repainting that wall, putting that new mural up, taking your helmets and put them in, putting them in a new display or putting that boat out front on a trailer in such a way that it catches everybody's eye. Those are small wins. Celebrate the fact that you still have your team if indeed you still have your team. Celebrate new members of the team. Right. Make sure your customers know who these people are, that we're so happy our team stuck with us and it just means the world to us. And then most importantly, we're so happy our customers stuck with us. It's really at that moment all about the customer, whether they buy anything or everything. We want to celebrate the fact that, hey, you're here and we're really grateful. And we're going to shout that out through digital media and we're going to shout that out the day of the event, no matter what the event is. To tag on to that, testimonials are key right now. And what I mean by that is a lot of dealerships may have actually aggregated those, typed them up and put them on a wall. Some of them may have put them on their website underneath pictures of the dealership of, hey, ABC Motorsports is the place to go. QRX Marine is the place to be, right? Those are good. The best testimonials right now is if you sell somebody something, get them on video of how great an experience it was and how you met their needs at a really hard time. And, and they made your dreams come true, or they got me to my dock or they got me to my cabin, or they allowed me to ride my motorcycle because they got it out in time right now, videotape your customers testimonials because they are key to a grand reopening right now. Well, and, and those testimonials to your point, Tony can come from anywhere. And, and uh -huh. some of the best testimonials are when things don't go the way they should and how the dealership has handled it. You know, if you're if your boat just decides to go dead on you on the water and your friends at CETO bring you into the dealership, the dealership has the part on hand. They're open because they're called essential and they decide to stay open to service their customers who are out on the water and they got you back out on the water the very next day or even maybe the day of. Wow. What a great opportunity to turn the camera on and get some words from that particular customer. So I love that. And let's not act like it's, there aren't people who want to get out on the water or to want to want to get out on their motorcycle. I would suggest to you there is pent up anxiety and energy for you being open again, whatever your definition of open looks like. We heard uh, of a couple of actually a couple of different instances where family vacations, right? Because here we are, we're coming into summer. Family vacations are important. Family vacations have obviously been canceled for many of us out there. We've had reports of people walking into power sport dealers and saying, you know what? We're going to get five dirt bikes and a trailer. I need you to hook it up to that truck. We're going to go have our own family vacation that's out there. These types of things are happening all the time. People are wanting, desperately wanting to get out and spend time. So another win is talking about events like that or even getting the people who did that on camera. Educational webinars. I really like how-to videos. We've got several dealerships that are focusing 
on internal either a boat walk around or how to specific to the boat, right? Little gems about that boat that maybe you didn't know. So as the customer's waiting for delivery of their boat and they're coming in this final day, here are a couple of things that we shot for you. A couple of educational videos about your boat that's going to get you really excited. We can't wait to see you. Several different ways to market the message and build emotion. And honestly, easy ones too. No, nowhere did you tell, did you hear us say, go spend 20, 30, 40, $50,000 on marketing? Your marketing right now is all within your own reach. And so that was section number five on marketing. Number six is a call to action. Remember, we've discussed this numerous times is you can't just send out emails or make a phone call or put something on your website just to show people because in this day and age, information overload is at my fingertips. I am consistently shot emails, text messages, videos that I can look at. You have to have a call to action. So the first thing that we're suggesting you do is Give your customers a deal of the day, a deal of the week, something interesting for them to sink their teeth into. Make a video of the newest, latest, and greatest helmet that you have out there, the newest, latest, and greatest surfboard that you have out there, and make it a deal. The first X amount of customers that come in will get this amount discount off or will be entered into a drawing for um, we're giving away something at the end of the month. You got to make this fun and you have to have a call to action to make somebody click onto something, enter into something or get online and buy something or come into your dealership to take part in this great deal that you have going on. So call to action is key right now to get people to do something with you. Um, another great idea, Sam, that, that we've heard several dealers come up with is, man, I, I know for a fact that first off, we're seeing a lot of people coming in, kicking tires, looking around. They might be uh, buying a used uh, piece of your inventory, but Right now, I know for a fact that every single person listening to this has something that is aging and becoming obsolete, whether it is in the parts department, the pro shop, in your marina, or a major unit sale. Find out what that is, and let's have a win, not only with the customer getting a fantastic deal because you want to get out from under the flooring on this thing, but also a fantastic win for your sales staff that is so tired of looking at that thing that they have just given up on selling it. Make it a spiff, make it a great bargain for your customer. Get rid of some of your inventory by having deals or deals of the week, deals of the day. Several things you mentioned in there. Number one, you talk about the being buried by the flooring costs and that unit needs to go away, whatever that is. And um, to your point, the, the sales guys look right past it, but now's the time to give the massive incentive to the salesperson. Because if I got to give it to mm -hmm. anybody, why would I not want to give it to my staff first? It's amazing how excited they get about boats that have been sitting for a while when, when they're the ones reaping the biggest reward off of that. So mm -hmm. that was a great point. You also talked about signing up for something that you're giving away here's my question to the listeners out there. When you're talking about your pro shop or your P&A department, at what point does your obsolescent inventory, and by obsolescent, we define that as 12 months old or older, at what point does it become worthless? Just think about that for a minute. So we, we at Garage Composite will tell you that's a 12 months old. At 12 months old, that stuff is pennies on the dollar. If you can get anything for it, take it. But why not get a whole bunch of customers into your store because you're using the obsolescence as bait, as giveaway. You know, we're giving away some helmets, we're giving away some surfboards, we're giving away some old bindings, whatever it happens to be. The average dealership out there in the P&A and Pro Shop has north of 20% of inventory that we label as obsolete, as in 12 months old or older. Not as in the manufacturer said it's obsolete, as in they don't make it anymore. That's a different definition. Our retail definition of obsolete is 12 months old or older. And when you have everybody sitting on 20% or more, you have stuff that customers want that you can use to get people in the door. That's a great call to action and a good one, Tony. So aging is a big one. 
And then here's another piece. When you talk about the deal of the day, Tony, what's a good deal? By definition, what is a good deal? Whatever makes a customer come in and grab it and take it away. Yeah, that's exactly right. It may or may not have anything to do with the discount. I think automatically, even on this podcast, our brains go into what's the deal? What's the discount? What's the whatever? And the, the deal can be come test ride anything we have. The deal could be we'll bring it to your house. If you're still fearful of coming in, we'll bring it to you. And I know yeah. that some people are listening like, well, we've been doing that for the last two weeks. I know. But not all your customers know that. Whether you think they do or not, your customers do not know that they can come test ride anything on the showroom floor. They do not know that you will actually bring the boat or the motorcycle to them to test ride at their own house. So assuming that you're set up that way, those are great pieces to push out there on the marketing side of the fence. So that's the, that's the marketing. Stay in front of it. And to your point, Tony, the call to action. Now we're going to roll into, okay, that call to action hopefully generated a lead. Now. Yeah. Right. What are we going to do with that lead? And, and something you and I've been talking about for years is the concept of blended retail, blended retail. What do you what do you know about shop your way, Tony? Shop your way, man, is I can do it on my cell phone. I can do it on the Internet. I can walk into a store. It's the way that I want to do it at that given moment. It's not something that I might do uh, my entire life. You know, the millennials are doing it online. I may choose online today. I may choose via my phone tomorrow, and I may want to go shopping on Saturday. So it's however I want to do it. Sears. Sears coming out of bankruptcy for the second time. And I think um, a lot of young people may not know how important Sears is to this country. Sears has been around since 1890-something. I think it's 1896. But you could buy a house from Sears. You could buy a house through the Sears catalog. I mean, Sears was everything to the foundation of America and Sears is coming back out of bankruptcy, and they're doing it with one phrase, your way. You want to buy it online? Cool. You want to buy it online and pick up at a store? Cool. You want to come into the store, order it, and have it delivered to your house? Cool. However you want to do business with us, Sears will be there your way. And I think that blended retail or shop your way is critical as we move into this post-COVID era. And tagging right onto that is the blended retail, doing it your way is we, we want to make sure people understand, and Sam and I have said this numerous times, as well as many on our team have said this, is there's a lot of people that are just about ready to come out of their skin to get out of their house and just to go do something, right? So there's a lot of people that are going to want to come into your dealership, and they're going to want to participate in normal commerce, which is they pick something up, they swipe their card, and they leave, okay? But there are a ton of your customers that, A, beforehand would have loved to have had you do curbside pickup. But now that you have trained people for curbside pickup, you're telling me I can get all of my lubricants uh, for my motorcycle, my oil change delivered right here out your front door? Uh, absolutely, please. I'll, I'll buy it right now. So that's the first thing is realize that customers are still going to want to do business traditionally. And you have also trained some that love the way that they're doing it now. And they're going to want to continue to participate in that. Another thing that I want you guys to understand is the concept of delivery. Back in the 80s and 90s, and even early 2000s, we at this company were saying things like you want to do pickup or delivery, delivery or pickup, because you want to get the customer in your doors. While that is still extraordinarily important, I can't tell you what delivery has done during coronavirus for a lot of our dealers. It has taken dealerships to the next level. My challenge to everybody out there, Sam, you and I have been talking about this for years now about mobile service departments. And some of our best clients, some of our most astute cutting edge clients, they absolutely already have a mobile service department today. And I challenge everybody listening to this to think about the concept of getting yourself a Sprinter van, of putting your best 
affable technician into that sprinter van. Doesn't even have to be your level A technician, right? Somebody that can do simple stuff, oil changes, lubrication, so on and so forth. Get them into that sprinter van and send them around to your uh, dealership area. You are going to be shocked at how many people would love to have an oil change on their motorcycle while it's sitting in the parking lot of their business that they went to to go work, right? So mobile service department, Sam, and, and you and I have talked. Talk to them about the where we kind of started to play with this idea based off of the bicycle industry. I, I will. I'm going to go the long way around the block on this one, Tony, because as you know, recently I went and test rode a motorcycle. Uh, mm-hmm. If... Big if I were to pull the trigger on that bike, it would be motorcycle number 98, when? 98, when? my stupid obsession with this. You made a comment earlier about being fed up, being in your house, and you just want to get out and everything. And yep, I finally decided to go to my local motorcycle shop because what they do, Zach over at Faye Myers, shout out to the guys at Faye Myers. Zach sends me a video of him walking around the Kawasaki H2, which if you don't know, is a supercharged motorcycle that tom cruise is riding in the next top gun movie which the first top gun movie that scene of tom cruise riding down the runway in 1986 with the gpz 900 is the thing that got me addicted to motorcycles so of course as this new bike is coming out in the new movie i'm all amped up about this bike so he sends me a video he pulled it out he walked around it and i'm like i should go down there i should go check that thing out so i did and now you and i right before the podcast we're having discussions about So what am I going to get rid of in the garage to make room for this, right? And let me tell you something. I guarantee that the guys at Myers, Zach will figure it out how to, I'll just say I want to get rid of this bike and this bike, and he'll come. They'll pick it up. They'll drop the new one off. And when it's time for an oil change, they'll come back out in the Sprinter van, and they're going to handle that right in my house. Here's the beauty of doing it in the house. And then, Tony, my long-winded answer to your bicycle question on this. The beauty to you going to the customer's house with a Sprinter van is you're now in their garage. You get to see everything else that they're into. You want to talk about how quickly you can make a connection with somebody when you see the fact that they drive a pickup truck and not a a, a BMW or the fact that they're really into downhill mountain biking like you are, Tony, or the connections that come so organically and so instantly because now I'm in your house. the connection made with a service technician himself, which doesn't happen very often, it usually happens with the service riders, is organic and real and lasting. That is such a great reason to do the service sprinter van pickup and drop-off work that I think gets overlooked, right? I don't think we build that into the PL model of having the sprinter van. Coming all the way around the block to your question, it's a company, Canyon Bicycles. Canyon Bicycles, they do direct to consumer. And I know a lot of bicycle shops listening right now are pissed off that I brought them up. Let's not act like they don't make a good bike. They do. They make several $10,000 bikes that are out there, and they have a white glove delivery service because they used to just send you the bike in a box, and they're like, put it together. I don't know about you, Tony, but bleeding disc brakes on a bike, it's probably not on the top things I'm known for. And so what do they do? They get together with this company called VeloFix, VeloFix, which is a sprinter van company that does service work on bicycles. They come to your house. And they do a white glove delivery of the bike. So they build it right there in front of you. They build it in your garage. They start developing the relationship with you. They have the opportunity to fit you on the bicycle, which is another $200 service. And, hey, I see your uh, daughter's bike is a little bald on the tire. Should we go ahead and knock those out while I'm here and maybe give a tune-up to your wife's bike as well? The upselling and adding on potential as well as the gelling and relationships that get formed with this thing are spectacular. So I'm a big fan of the Sprinter van. 
whether it comes to the bicycle or the marine side of the fence, we have a lot of dealerships that are starting that. I think that's fair. They're starting it. But the opportunities when you go to the wall with it are absolutely huge. Yeah. How about uh, if I go to Sonic and instead of tater tots, I want some parts and accessories, Tony? How about that? It's great. This is the craziest thing I've heard. There's a couple of our dealers out there that actually have drive through PA windows. Now, I'm not suggesting that everybody out there listening go and completely change the infrastructure of their dealership and cut a hole in your wall and make a drive through lane. But listen, people are becoming inventive, man. And the way that we did business uh, six months ago, one year ago, 10 years ago, it's crazy changing and evolving. If you don't think pickup windows, mobile delivery and shop the way that I want to shop is important, I would tell you, take a look at your phone and look at all the apps that you use to pick up your things like your coffee or your sandwiches or your grocery shopping that is now delivered to your door. Man, things are evolving and it's not going to go back the other way. It's just going to continue to be this way. So Sam, take them into leads and online traffic. Well, back to the pent up anxiety, uh, leads and online traffic are up right now. As of this recording, we're sitting here talking about how I'm going to give you I'm going to give you two previous weeks worth of data. We saw an increase of 74 percent in Instagram and Facebook activity. Right. And then the following week, we saw another 50 percent jump in inquiries coming between the hours of 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. You know, when everybody's supposed to be working from home, Mm -hmm. all those working hours, because people are excited about this stuff. And so for those places that have BDCs or or people who are handling the leads for you, as opposed to random distribution to your sales team, we're starting to see the numbers continue to creep up during these times. People aren't less interested in all these toys that we offer. They are more interested in the toys we offer. The distribution of those leads, I believe, is critical, Tony, because if I write in and I say, hey, do you guys have a, a CBR 1000 on your lot? That is a different question than if I say, hey, my name is Sam Dancer. I'm currently on a Kawasaki ZX-10. I'm looking at the CBR 1000. If we can get within a trade difference of blank, I'd take it home today. That's a totally different lead. Would you agree? Completely. So most dealers have broken their leads coming in through the online space into three different buckets, hot, nouns and numbers, and then general right? In descending order. So a general lead is just like, hey, do you have this bike in stock? That lead would traditionally get pushed to one uh, somebody on the sales staff. If it said, hey, I'm interested in this bike, do you have it somewhere around this cost, like this exact bike, nouns and numbers of the lead itself? Well, now that gets pushed to a manager. That gets escalated up to a manager. And if you have somebody who was talking about the Kawasaki H2 as I just was, that would clearly elevate to the general manager for the GM to do the closing on that. So you have the manner, you have the manner of which the lead was distributed. So if we know leads are up, the manner of distribution is critical. And I think it's really important to note that there's a difference, Tony, between a BDC and an inbound lead center. A BDC is traditionally handling all inbound and outbound calls, leads, emails, and everything. An inbound lead center, much like DLP, you may have heard us talk about digital lead performance. This is an organization out of Florida run by some very good friends of ours. They've been doing this for well over a year now, only taking inbound leads, distributing them to the right people, distributing them in a timely fashion so that within seven minutes they are responding with the right person talking about the right product and then setting up the appointment at the dealership if indeed it's actually going to happen live versus it can happen in the digital space as well. So I think it's important to note that 
an all-in BDC business development center is doing leads on everything and an inbound lead generation hub, if you will, like a DLP is doing it just for the creation of leads. And one of the things I'll leave you with, Tony, and then I'll turn it over to you for your thoughts on BDC. One of the things we're finding out from DLP is that every dealer out there knows that they should cultivate those leads with stronger urgency than they do. And these guys do it. That's all they do is to generate those leads and push it out the door. And the traction they're getting and the sales that they're seeing are through the roof and oftentimes in the 15 to 16% closing ratio when in-store leads traditionally hover in that 8 to 12% closing ratio. So if we put the attention on the leads coming in and the manner in which they're distributed, uh, we see a higher closing ratio. So what are your thoughts there on the BDC in general? So both of those, the BDC and just the inbound, uh, to me, if we have learned anything in the past five to six weeks is that COVID-19 and proactive contacting should have taught dealers a massive lesson because you are seeing dealerships that are basically treading water or thriving in an environment where the only thing available to them is a telephone, an email, a text message, a video, right? So the concept is, is we have been pushing people that the most important gold mine treasure trove that you have in your dealership is a traffic log, right? And so we got to focus on making dealerships understand that having some form of a business development center or a business development person is paramount in the future moving forward. So listen, the people that are listening to this podcast some have dealerships that are upwards of 10, 12 dealership points, 17 dealership points out there. And then we have your mom and pop shop that sell 200 to 400 units a year. You can still do some form of a BDC where you can have a person that is responsible to make all of those outbound phone calls, emails, so on and so forth. Okay. You can also go and hire a BDC and you can create one with a BDC manager and four or five to 20 call takers that take all inbound and outbound and try and schedule appointments. But the fact of the matter, the proof in the pudding is people want to be contacted. And right now is the time that you have to understand this. Now, last thing I'm going to leave you with Sam, before I turn it over is customers prefer what is now considered traditional communication. Now, Sam, you and I, you know, we grew up in a time where, you know, that you'd have to go follow the phone cord to find out which room it was in, right? Maybe your brother was <laughs> on the phone or my brother was on the phone and you'd spend all this time talking to girls or your buddies on the telephone, right? That is now non-traditional communication. If you look at the world, there's not many homes that actually have a phone that sits on the wall that rings. So I try to tell my parents, like, you're out of your mind that you're even paying for something like this just to get a bunch of people trying to solicit you for, for stuff, right? Go to a cell phone. But what is now traditional communication is texting, videos, and emails. Phone calls are going the way of the dodo bird. And we have to realize that the best way to reach out to your people is now what is traditional means. And as we reach out to them, right, you, you got a lot of people who are very excited about these products and they're coming in and maybe some of them even done some pre-ordering. I want you to think it all the way through the delivery because you've got dealerships. Let's take the Marine space since we're talking about that right now. You've got dealerships that are open to get the boat out of storage or to sell the boat that just came in from the boat show that was ordered at the boat show and know where to launch it. You've got these lakes and launch sites that are shut down for social gathering. So I got a customer that wants their boat and I have nowhere to launch it other than putting it on a trailer and sending them down the path. What is the option? What is the plan for doing that? 
Um, and we've seen all kinds of different stuff. We've seen a video archive of here are the five things you need to know about your boat. And once you've watched all these, I need you to sign this form and send it back to us so that we know you've watched them. So you know how to start it and you know how to pull away from the dock and all this kind of stuff. And we've launched the boat at a private dock, met the person in a parking lot, taken delivery of the boat. And the guy goes down there, jumps in the boat, starts key and he drives off with it. But we have documentation saying that we did the pre-delivery inspection. Right. So that's one of a million examples of think it all the way through. I also want you to think through the fact that let's just say I saw that boat at the boat show and I fell in love with it. And now it's sitting in a factory in California at the Centurion boat factory or down with the nautique guys in orlando or something along those lines and those guys right now gang they're shut off those factories are off they're not producing boats right now so i want my boat what's my option the season broke your doors are open nautique is back scheduled on this and tony i know you got some data to go with this i want to hear that in just one second but let's say nautique isn't going to be a capacity and I'm not implying they're not just for the sake of conversation or Centurion or wherever my boat happens to be. How do I know I'm going to get it? How long is it going to take? My summer's already been cut short. Think it all the way through. We had one of our dealers, Peter McCallum from McCallum Boathouse. Shout out to those guys. He came up with a five-step process for exactly that scenario, which is one of several scenarios that I want you to have a system in place for. Well, Mr. Customer, you can wait. And by the way, Pete is reaching out to the customer to have this five-step conversation with them, okay? Number one, you can wait. Number two, we can take it back. We can take back the boat and you can just, we'll wait for the, we'll see what happens as a result of it. Like you can wait for the one you ordered and we'll keep your deposit or we'll, you can take back your deposit and we will take back that order and we'll just see what happens when it comes in. Number three, I really like, which was a bridge sale. So we'll sell you the ones that we have in inventory right now, and we'll give you 100% of the dollar amount towards the next, when your boat comes in, we'll apply it to the next contract. Um, Buell Motorcycles did that for years inside of the Harley space. You could buy a Buell and get 100% of the dollars less X amount per mile that it was ridden towards the purchase of a new Harley. So that model works very well. It's called a bridge sale. You could walk away completely. We could give you your deposit. You could just go home. We could not talk anymore. We'll shake hands and part friends. Or I could show you one of the newer units on the floor. So of, of the 17 scenarios that he's in live happening right now, two people have decided to ask for their deposit back. Everybody else is either buying a new boat or they're waiting or they're doing a bridge note, right? But you need to have a plan because somebody's going to walk in and encounter your frontline staff and ask that question, what do I do with my boat that's not coming out of the warehouse right now? And they're going to look dumbfounded because this wasn't thought through and nobody had a plan on that. Tony, you had some data on uh, one of our OEMs as far as being back to production? Yeah, so continuing on with units, which is our last point, I want to point out a couple of things is we have some manufacturers that A, are absolutely unsure of what production is going to be like when they start back up. Uh, they have not thought that far out or they're keeping those cards close to their chest. We've had some manufacturers tell us we're going to be at about 80% production. We've had some manufacturers say they're going to be at 50% production for the rest of 2020. Now, I want you guys to think about that is you've had your doors closed or you've been selling with one arm time behind your back right now. Will the factories be able to meet your demand? Because we will see people start coming through the doors. Are we going to have the inventory necessary to sell to the customer base? Not only that, by cutting production 20%, 30%, 50%, did the manufacturer, whichever one, I don't care if it's marine, motorcycle, biking, did the manufacturer just create a demand issue 
And then now I need you to start thinking in your head, do I really want to start taking these skinny deals? It feels super good right now when your doors are shuttered and you can only get people into your store by invitation. It may feel really good to take super skinny deals to just be able to pay the, the bank off or to be able to pay your mortgage. But there are consequences moving down the road of you may have to go and find some inventory. So you may need to be very strategic in the deals that you're taking in the very near future. It may go back to a model that we're going to see that we saw back in the 90s where the dealerships had all the cards and the customers had to come in and beg for the motorcycle. I want you guys to keep that in mind. Sam, it looks like you have something to say on that issue as well. Yeah, the word you're looking for there is scarcity. And we all know that scarcity is one of the major psychological drivers into causing a sale. The boat show does it very well because the deals on the boats are scarce. Uh, Harley Davidson has CVO, custom vehicle operation models that by, they are inherently scarce. They only get a few every single year. The scarcity causes demand and causes higher margins. So when somebody is wanting a boat that you don't have in stock and you're starting that conversation with them, we've got several of our boat dealers. You can apply this to anything. It's saying, hey, anything we order now, you're looking at a 2021 delivery at the earliest, which means guess what you're missing? Summer. Guess what you're missing? Time with your kids as they continue to get older, which causes the emotional trigger of scarcity. So, Tony, to your point, backing your way into holding margin on the new boats on your showroom floor has to do with a very honest and genuine conversation with your customer about the position we're in with the boats that haven't been released yet for yeah. the manufacturers. And I think a reasonable person will hear that and ha make a reasonable decision. So uh, yeah. all the way from marketing into call of action, leads, virtual selling, and then ultimately to the unit conversation, Tony. I think I think there's probably still a lot of homework that people need to do to be on the gas now that we're open. One of the most used lines in auto, motorcycle, marine, bike is, man, uh, I don't know if this unit will be here tomorrow or, you know, it's the only unit that we have in stock. That may become very true in the very near future. I want you guys to remember that you can swiftly change directions into purchasing used boats, used bikes, whatever it is that you have something on your floor to sell. The other problem opposite of that is we do have some dealers, you know, the, the state that comes to mind, two states come to mind right now is Michigan and Pennsylvania. I mean, shut down completely where you will get some fines levied at you and you might spend some time in jail if you do sell. Those individuals may have some inventory. So we do encourage dealers still, if you have inventory that's sitting and it's eating you alive right now, there is inventory sharing with your 20 club group. Or if you want to put it to us at Garage Composites, you can still go to info at garagecomposites.com and we will take that inventory that you have and we will blindly set it out to all of our customers and see if they want to pick through it and take some of your inventory. So info at garagecomposites.com. Let's wrap that up, Sam, as far as units. What do you got for us? Yeah, I just think uh, the, the one thing we didn't get too granular on was the concept of virtual selling, right? We talked about marketing. We talked about these leads that come in. But the virtual selling piece, the reason we pushed it off is because uh, session number three is going to go deep into that piece. Virtual selling is a huge component that will be around long after this COVID thing is over. You do have some people that want to shop this way. I think to the point we discussed earlier, you got a lot of people that are desperate for social engagement and a lot of people will migrate back towards coming into the stores, but some people won't. And for right now, digital selling is a huge component. So how do we get these sales to happen? That will be the last installment of this three-part series, Tony. So you have just listened to episode number 18. That was the second podcast of a three-part series. And like Sam said, the 
third part is going to be coming to you quickly, and that is going to be the virtual sales process. You can find more information about us at www.garagecomposites.com. You can listen to this podcast at where you enjoy your podcast listening, and that could be Spotify, Apple iTunes, or Google Podcasts. The best thing that you can do is give us a five-star review and pass this on to every single person that you know because it's super good information. For Sam Dantzler, I'm Tony Gonzalez signing off of GarageCast episode 18.